0: Check your trip set, check your heading norm, bike heading at 074. Check your altimeter set, 2946, corrected center point elevation, zero feet. Check your barrel in zero, check your SS 1230
1: 30, 34. check your feel, check your seat off, lights
2: out. Welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. Five,
1: five, up, Updated wind on two, two
0: Off. check your barker brake off check your trim
1: set check your nozzle steering on maneuver. yeah I'm Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. I got a very special guest again, straight out of ICAST in Las Vegas. Uh, We got another air show performer. And the reason why I bring you air show performers each and every week, or at least as often as I can, is for one reason. Aviation is about excellence, and air show performers demonstrate that excellence to you people that show up at air shows that love airplanes that love people doing cool things. So I'm real pleased today to have Bob Carlton of VerticalAirshows.com, a true rocket scientist, and uh, he is the 2017 Art Scholl Memorial Showmanship Award. He's got a 2015 Bill Barber Award for Showmanship, 2015. Surring Society of America Chairman's Award. Bob, welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show. Hey, Dave. It's good to be here. Right on, man. So briefly, tell us uh, what kind of air show you do, what kind of airplanes you fly, a little bit about your background. Those of you that haven't had the chance to see Bob, you'll know where to find him. I've been
0: doing air shows now
1: for 26 years. I started out doing just a glider act. Uh,
0: take the glider up, like the wink of smoke, and do basically an aerial ballet. It was a great show. It was a lot of fun. But uh, every place I went, I had to hire a towplane and tow pilot. And that was a bit of a problem as we moved around the country. I eventually solved that through several iterations by putting a jet engine on my glider. And so now I'm flying a Super Salto jet powered sailplane. And I take it up to about 2,000 feet, pull the engine idle. I do the first uh, half of the show very much like the old glider-only show. Soft music, nice aerial ballet, wink tip smoke. When I get down close to the ground, we switch up the music a little bit, push the throttle forward, and the rest of the show is down low at a true jet-powered aerobatic show. I've been doing that one now for about 12 years, and a few years after I started that, I got associated with Sonex aircraft that was building the uh, subsonics microjet airplane, and uh, I ended up doing the all the test flying on that program. And I also fly that microjet on the airfield circuit as well. It's a little tiny airplane. It's only got an 18-foot wingspan, but it will do 300 miles an hour. So it's a really hot little little hot rod, and it flies like it looks, just fast and fun.
1: I've seen that Sonics. Uh, I fly a solo ship and a TS-11 Iskra. That Sonics jet is really cool. And seeing a glider with a jet engine, really cool. So when you think jet aerobatics... A lot of people, those of you that go out to the air shows, you're thinking Blue Angels, you're thinking Thunderbirds, and hey, nothing wrong with that. But these are aircraft that are, people can buy these aircraft, right, Bob? Well, the Superfalto is a one-off,
0: that was my design. You could probably duplicate it if you wanted it to, but the Subsonics is available as a kit. And uh, we've got about 30 kits out, and I believe we have 10 of the aircraft actually flying now. We've had several of them finished. Paul Dye, the uh, editor of uh, Kit Planes magazine, he finished his in about four months. From the time he got the kit until it was flying, painted, and ready to go, it was four months. It's really an easy plane to build, and uh, it's just a whole lot of fun.
1: I don't know if it would carry a big fat guy just like me, but uh, it is a cool airplane. I do agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Bob, a little bit, your website says you are a rocket scientist. So you are the first (laughs) rocket scientist we've ever had on the Renegade Aviator Show. What kind of background is that? Well, I worked 28 years in the aerospace industry for a large uh,
0: company uh, here in New Mexico. And I got to experience a whole lot of working with Just some of the most creative and smart people on the planet. If you've ever watched the Big Bang Theory TV show, that was basically my life for 28 years. That show is a documentary of what it's like to work in that environment. All those people are real, all the situations they run into. We all just have a blast with that because uh, that really was the environment we lived in for a
1: number of years. That's pretty cool. When you, people come out and they get a chance to really go out and see you fly, your background, you come from the uh, civilian world doing something that may not have been anywhere, shape, or form attached to flying air shows. What brought you into the air show venue? Was there something that triggered it or something you said, look, it's always been a goal of mine? How did you get started in the air show? Where you've been there, you said over 20 years, right? In the air show world.
0: Yeah, I think this was 26 years. I actually was doing aerobatics back in my hang gliding days. I started flying hang gliders when I was 19 and immediately wanted to do aerobatics. That was just seemed like a natural thing to do anytime you're in the air and something that has all of that uh, freedom. I actually saw Manfred Radius fly a glider act here in Albuquerque back in the late 80s. And that was when I realized that, hey, somebody could actually make a living flying glider and doing aerobatics and something that just seemed like more fun than, than I could imagine. And that's when I sort of began uh, looking for my own glider and put the whole airshow thing together. I actually owe a lot of, of this to Manfred Radius. Uh, he's a great pilot, really respect him a lot. And I've learned a lot from him. And, uh, you know, so here we are with all the stuff that's happened since then.
1: There's a difference, I guess, with your jet-powered, which is mainly your launch vehicle. A difference watching, if, if somebody hasn't seen a glider perform aerobatics, I think it's something to watch. You've got a different set of criteria to deal with. I mean, you go from a fast jet to from the subsonics, but you're also flying that glider. What are the differences between those two? If you're flying aerobatics, is there a major difference that people should be looking for when you're flying one or the other, right? I know, because I joke and I fly a lot of jets. I say jets are for kids. They're uh, fairly (laughs) easy to fly, especially in the kind of military style, basic aerobatics we do in the Iskra, but you've got a different dynamic going on with that glider. Uh, Could you explain a little bit about how that is unique? The glider is unique
0: in that with the engine pulled back to idle, it still has really good performance. So I get to start the routine as if I was still an unpowered glider. The engine's adding a little bit of thrust at idle, but uh, you don't really hear it from the crowd. And it gives me that ability to start out as a ballet and then ramp it up at the bottom when I bring the throttle in. And that's something you really can't do in any other jet. We do have some other dead stick acts. Uh, Kent Peach does a great dead stick act, interstate cadet. Same sort of idea, but uh, at the bottom, that I ramp up and, you know, the jet's actually pretty loud for so as small as it is. So it's, it's a lot of fun to, to be able to switch gears like that in the middle of the show. These subsonics, I, I don't really have that option, but it does swooping maneuvers. You know, jets don't do, typically don't do tumbling maneuvers and that sort of thing. So it is a, a more ballet-like show, but it just happens at about 50% higher speeds. So high-speed passes instead of being 150 knots or or something, are going to be pushing
1: 300 miles per hour. We do a lot of stuff today in the air shows, STEM. Engineering and math, I believe. So with that heavy science background, does that enable you to kind of speak a different language, talk to these kids that show up at air shows today and may not really want to be a pilot? But, you know, people that come to air shows, they may not want to be a pilot, but they appreciate what it takes to be there. The airshow business is a, is a great opportunity to just connect with people, and especially the kids that are interested
0: in science and engineering and the sorts of things that it takes to build and design airplanes and fly airplanes. One of the advantages that he, both of my aircraft have is that I trailer them to the airshow. So the wings come off and we put them in a trailer to get them around the country. And that affords me the opportunity at several shows every year. We'll take one of the airplanes and set it up in a high school gym or a cafeteria, or even a classroom, and then bring the kids in, and I talk to them about what it's like to fly, and I give them a few minutes of lecture, if you will, and then I open it up for questions. Now, I've done this enough now, I kind of know what questions I'll get. I let them ask me the questions, and so I'm able to to answer the questions, give them what would have been a speech, but they, you know, they feel like they own it, which they do, and that's just been a lot of fun, and at every one of those events, there will be a couple of kids that hang back after they've been told to go to class. And they'll hang back and they'll ask a lot more questions. And those are the kids that I know we're reaching that really, really are interested in this. So, anytime that's the case, I try to get the teachers to leave them alone and say, hey, I'll send them along in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, if they want to learn about this, I, I want to be here and, and talk to them. And I, several of those kids I still stay in touch with. I had one that, that called, and uh, he's now working for uh, Boeing doing control systems on the 747. And he got his aviation interest start uh, crewing for me at an air show in Nebraska years and years and years ago. And so it's just great to see that you really can connect the kids and
1: get them to look into things that they might not have looked at otherwise. Right on, right on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be right back. Segment two with Mr. Bob Carlton of Vertigo Air Shows. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. We will be right back. hours of practice the black belt is ready to begin learning do you want to be an elite level pilot or just someone who flies airplanes want to improve safety have more confidence enjoy flying more do you know any elite performer who does not use a coach thought so 888-366-5256 say hey dave i want to be a black belt aviator and we'll send you the details 888 <laughs> <laughs> 5256
2: The renegade aviator, David Costa.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Costa. Segment two, Mr. Bob Carlton, vertigoairshows.com. Vertigoairshows.com, a glider with a jet engine a subsonics jet, a little kit jet you can build and fly yourself if you're a pilot. But Bob, question comes to mind as a fairly old guy, but a fairly new guy to the air show world, Um, filling a niche, filling a need, coming from not the Blue Angels to the air show world. And you got 26 years of experience. Tell us a little bit about, about that. You're getting started in the air show because even though people listening today may not want to be an air show pilot. They want to get involved in something. They want to be in something, you know, and we happen to be in the air show world, as I call, you know, joining the carnival when I grow up. I've never grown up <laughs> yet. <but laughs> so help us understand a little bit. You fill a niche. Well, yeah, it is a bit like being a carny, especially since we
0: trailer both of the airplanes, uh, we spend a lot of times as we're coming into the show or into a town. There'll be another event going on, and we'll see these dust wheels and you know, the kitty rides and stuff rolling down the highway. The, uh, the- funnel cake stands and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it is kind of fun that, uh, you know, in some, some regards we are just carnies. But um, I forgot where you were going with that. <laughs>
1: well, I often do that as well. Oh, That's why my FOs hey, what did you say? <laughs> so where I'm going with that is when you get started, so you came out of hang gliding, you had glider experience, but when you decided to start in the air show world, what was that initial mindset, right? So how did you get started and what brought you into that realm you're in now, I guess? Does that make sense? Yeah, so, so I did see Manfred Radius fly at an air show
0: in a glider. It's also just like mine was before I put the jet engine on it. And I just went, wow, that was amazing. And I can't believe that there's actually a market for that because everything else is fast and furious and bigger and louder. And so that sort of sparked my interest in trying to become a professional airshow pilot. And I, I look back on those first couple of years at how little I knew about what was going to be involved. It is a lot more work than anybody ever could have suggested to keep the airplanes going, get the scheduling, the travel and everything. It really is a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. But uh, it is an interesting niche to have the glider out there with everything else that's just faster and more furious. And to have something that's more like a ballet actually does play very well to the audience. I call it sort of the punctuation in what would have otherwise been a run-on sentence of an air show.
1: Yes, there's a lot of similarities in an air show and it's a show right it's entertainment they want to see that broad spectrum of flight which i think is you can't get this on youtube you can't get this in virtual reality you've got to show up to the air shows you got to be present and i think the message i'm hearing from you is what i think a lot of people forget the glory is there at the show, right? That's the end result. But people that want to do anything, be anything, go anywhere, whether it's rocket science or an airshow pilot, is all the hard work in the background. What a great thing. It's an education for the kids. And even for the older generation, it shows up at <laughs> an airshow. It looks easy, doesn't it? It looks simple. You just showed up with an airplane and flew. How about that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what we, we actually go to a great length to make it look that way because that's what the show is about. There are people that want to know the backstory, and there are people that don't. I love a good magic show, and I don't want to know how it's done because that kind of spoils the effect. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into this, a lot of logistics and moving airplanes and people and trucks and trailers around. Very often, well, the year before last, my wife Lori headed out. Uh, with one of our trucks and trailers in April, and that truck and trailer didn't come home until August. She airlined back and forth some, and in the middle of all that, we took the other airplane, another truck and trailer, and did some other shows in, out in the Midwest. But she basically circumnavigated the entire country. She had every state that borders uh, another border or, or an ocean in that trip, and she did most of that driving herself because I was back home working on, some, on our new project that we will talk about some other time. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy amount of work, but it's a lot of fun.
1: Well, I don't know about your wife. If my wife, if I told her to drive back and forth every air show, I would have a mutiny on my hands. But that could be my my <laughs> whimsical personality. <laughs> well, I think she did sixty thousand miles that year. Sixty thousand. But there it is, right? Teamwork with that. It's not just a uh, one-man band, so to speak. Everybody's got a team behind them. We all got people that we appreciate in the background. What I want to do after this break, Bob, is uh, give me a chance to maybe talk about your sponsors, how to get a hold of you. So, ladies and gentlemen, you need to stay right there. You need to hold right on. We're going to be back after these messages. I have Bob Carlton of VertigoAirshows.com. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Renegade Aviator. Hold on. Hold on. Not so fast. Hmm. You were starting not to listen. Assuming there was a bunch of commercials and you could just stop listening to me. Well, Mayday, Mayday, we have an aviation friend that is having serious issues and you can help. Go to SoundCloud or go to where my podcasts are played and search for show 57 Naval Air Museum Barber's Point. The idiots in Hawaii state government are trying to shut down a great aviation museum and they're going to scrap aircraft, artifacts, pieces of history. As a matter of fact, we might just be too late. But in true Renegade Aviator fashion, you and I are not going to give up so quickly. Find my shows on podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Just search The Renegade Aviator Radio Show like us. Share us and in particular, share show 57 Naval Air Museum Barbers Point. Share it with attorneys who love aviation. Share it with anyone who loves military aviation or museums in general. We cannot cannot let this stand. Listen to this show again, the story, and learn how to help. Go to my Facebook page, Renegade Aviator. Go to my website and click on the link to find all of my podcast versions of this Renegade Aviator radio show. A V the number 8R.com. Hell, Call me if you have any ideas on how to help these people, and I will put you in touch with the people who have given so much of themselves to be good stewards of aviation history. The Renegade Aviator Radio Show, Episode 57, Naval Air Museum, Barber's Point. Search it, like it, share it, or call my office, 888-366-5256. Okay, go listen to commercials. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9er. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. Huh? Flight 209er clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Tower radio clearance over. That's Clarence over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger, over. What?
2: Huh? Who? In the air and on air. The Renegade Aviator combines jet air show performances and this radio show to promote aviation, excellence, overcoming obstacles, and achieving goals. Call David Costa, The Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256. Oh, take some time, I don't care what they say. Don't reach for the stars,
1: just a dashingly handsome pilot without a big ego (laughs) no hey i'm a sales and marketing guy too shocking i know this radio show and my jet air show act is fun but it really is about exposure and sales for your business millions of impressions to the people who want to do business with you 888-366-5256 30 plus years of sales and marketing call me no Ladies David, and gentlemen, Damon Costa, the Renegade it Aviator, Bob Carl, vertigo com. Bob, you fly air shows. It takes resources David to fly air shows. And uh, is there anybody that you'd like to mention or anything that you'd like to do to help people find out more about what you do?
0: Yeah, of course. Anyone can go to our website at the vertigo com. And uh, that's the easiest way to get hold of us, or you can just Google my name, Bob Carlton. There's me, and I think there's a singer in England that will come up. But uh, we get a lot of help from the people that help support the airplanes. Uh, the two most prominent ones, uh, of course, is Sonex aircraft that developed the subsonics jet, microjet, that is a kit aircraft. It's available as a kit, as an easy build kit. Uh, it's one of the simplest aircraft uh, that there is to build. It comes pre-cut, pre-wired, pre-drilled, very, very easy airplane to assemble, and. Very nice airplane to fly. Also, uh, PBS Aerospace out of the Czech Republic uh, provides our engines. There are a lot of small jet engines out there that were scaled up from the RC model toy world. This is not one of those engines. These these guys have been doing uh, military-grade engines for a long time, and this is actually a scaled-down version of some of their military stuff. So, uh, great engines, very reliable, and we want to thank them. AMM Fabrication is uh, our hangar partner. They make... Uh, a lot of accoutrements for aircraft, uh, sailplane, tail out gear, anything that you want for an airplane and go, gee, I don't know who's going to build this for me. MM Fabrication uh, can probably do that. And so those are our biggest sponsors uh, that uh, keep these things
1: going. And those are needed. With a jet engine, even a small jet engine, they're costly. They're not cheap. I love jet engines because of the safety and reliability of them. A little bit on that subsonics kit, because we do have a lot of uh, pilots that do listen and people that are in the home building. And uh, I get a lot of questions on that. I know very little about it. So now I fly experimental Warbird jets. So those aircraft, you need to have a certain amount of hours, need to have an instrument rating. So, a little bit more complicated, and we're experimental exhibition. But you're that subsonics, that's an experimental category, not experimental exhibition, correct?
0: It can be either one. If you get the standard kit, it can be built as experimental, amateur built. Or if you get the quick build kit, it's uh, experimental exhibition. So, it can be either one. Because it has a turbine engine, the FAA only recognizes turbines as airliners, biz jets, or warbirds. So when we come in with something new like this, the regulations haven't caught up yet. So we put together a training program. So you can come out, and we have a two-seat jet-powered glider, and you can do a few flights in that with our instructor, and uh, you get signed off to be able to fly your subsonics. For the purposes of proficiency, you go out and fly it for a few hours and uh, call the examiner. He'll come out, give you a check ride, and uh, then you actually have experimental equivalent of a type rating you get a brand new pilot certificate with, with subsonics written on the back of it almost like a type
1: rating that's the dream right most of us i won't say all pilots but i joke all the time everybody loves a jet you know so you got a jet glider and you've got a jet aircraft but a lot of times the average fighter jet we all have that fighter pilot these visions these great visions of being tom cruise and flying around in a in the jet so subsonics really came out and put something together that isn't a reasonable cost structure and reasonable to maintain. So it was designed for the average pilot to be able to go out and safely have fun. Is that a fair assessment? That's a perfect assessment. It really is a jet. It flies like
0: a jet. You're sitting way out front without, without a bunch of stuff in front of you, no propellers. It's smooth as glass because there's no... Uh, You're not flying it through the air with uh, hammers, you know, pushing it through the air like you are with a piston airplane. Uh, It's also extremely simple. When I get in, you know, I go through the standard checklist stuff, making sure the instruments are set up and make sure I have enough fuel and that sort of thing. But once I get ready to go, I turn on the master switch. I turn on a fuel pump switch. I push in a little detent, push the throttle past the detent, and the engine starts. There's no mixtures. There's no mags. There's none of that stuff uh, that makes a piston engine complicated. It's
1: just a very, very simple aircraft. Right on. Outstanding. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the show goes quick. We're ready for the next segment, but you need to stay right where you are. Don't go anywhere. Listen to my commercials, because that's what pays for this show. And find Bob Carlton at VertigoAirShows.com. Here we go. We'll be right back. Renegade Avenue. Okay, folks, before we leave for the next commercial break, sonicsaircraft.com, S O N E X, sonicsaircraft.com, and search for the Sub Sonics. That is the home built jet. That Bob is talking about It says the quick build kit is $44,000 Go to SonicsAircraft.com Look for the Subsonics And uh, learn all about this thing And uh, tell them the Renegade Aviator Sent you Yes, tell them that Bye
0: Once I get you up there Where the
1: air is rarefied, We'll just glide Questions, comments, suggestions, or inspirational stories, call the Renegade Aviator, dial 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message. Want to listen to all of our shows? Find us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you find podcasts. Just search the Renegade Aviator radio show, AV, the number 8R, RenegadeAviator.com.
2: show jet and on the air with the renegade aviator radio show your host david costa
1: we are back david costa the renegade aviator We're actually recording this show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in Cabo and Bob is uh, somewhere else. So this is modern technology today. Uh, But I really want to thank each and every one of you for coming out each and every week. We get tons of phone calls. The show is growing. We're adding radio stations. We appreciate you. The goal of this radio show, as I say, each and every week is to be of service to you that's listening. So if you want to be a pilot, if you have a big goal, big dream, in aviation let me try to be of some small service Uh, i've been doing this a long time beating my head against the wall a long time i love i love the opportunity to help you 888-366-5256 bob when we were speaking earlier you mentioned you come from you're a rocket scientist you know we won't get into exactly what you did but kids today are coming up at air shows and asking about space and I was born in the '60s, so I mean, I remember the first manned moon landing. It was a huge thing. We're seeing that again in the kids. It's pretty neat. Do You have any thoughts on space flight and where we're going today? Yeah, same thing. I was born in 1960, and uh, that was all we thought about. Me and my friends
0: was uh, watching the the uh, Gemini Apollo missions, and my mom used to let me stay home if one of those flights was about to happen. I got to stay home from school to watch because. She thought that was, just, that was important enough for that, and she was right. And then I spent a number of years in, in the aerospace industry. The whole space thing sort of, sort of seemed to fall off. There wasn't much interest. We were putting the shuttles up on a regular basis and low-Earth orbit flights, and it seemed to get a bit mundane. And we weren't really reaching out. We weren't headed for the moon. We weren't headed for Mars. And uh, it, it's really good to see this latest interest in space travel between a SpaceX, Virgin Galactic, Blue Origin, uh, NASA's uh, Boeing is launching to the space station, I believe, tomorrow for the first time with their new spacecraft. So uh, it's just great to see that, that we're starting to reach out again. And I've had the opportunity of meeting and working with a lot of the people that uh, are pushing some of these boundaries. And uh, it's just really, really awesome to see that happen and see us reaching back out and trying
1: to get off this planet and see what's out there. Uh, it's, it's really exciting. Well, it is. It's someday we'll probably have a rocket air show. I know we had a rocket racing league that they threatened to launch here a, a while back. <laughs> that had disaster written all over it. But um, kids today, what type of degrees would be, if somebody wanted to get into rocketry or into uh, the engineering that goes into space travel, is there um, certain degrees that are in higher demand than others? And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but it's just, you know, we get asked this a lot. These kids need to. Direction. And a lot of times, that average school teacher may not know this. So, uh, you, any guidance in that regard? This is what I tell all the kids. We, we've got a generation that didn't grow up working on things, fixing things,
0: building model airplanes, that sort of thing, much. And so, we have a lot of young engineers that come out of school, but they didn't get that experience, that hands on experience. So, I tell the kids now the best thing you can do is get out there, build some model airplanes, build some drones, learn what works and what doesn't, learn to make them go faster go higher, break them, repair them. That's how you learn to be an engineer. Then you go to school and they teach you why all that stuff happens and how not to have things break and that sort of thing. But we've got a bunch of young engineers that are trying to build space hardware and they can't put the chain on their bicycle. I think that with the advent of drones, the most popular Christmas gift for the last five or six years has been a toy that you actually take outside and fly. And I think that's a huge benefit. That's what's going to save aviation by giving a space of young engineers that actually were doing this stuff when they were five and six years old. And so they'll have 10 years, 15 years experience on the kids that didn't do any of that stuff and then want to go to college and learn it. So really the degree starts happening when they're young and learning to do all these things
1: just because they want to. That is key right there as I'm listening to that. That's absolutely key because we all want to make an excuse that, well, you know, if I only had this or if I only had that. And a lot of times we forget that you can take the most simple step to move a step further. It follows through in the airshow world. It follows through in becoming a pilot. It follows through in becoming a rocket scientist. The same thing. Take that baby step forward and do something. So that trial and error that you mentioned it, right? Putting something together and watching it crash is a huge heartbreak. So you'll do better next time. You'll go back and you'll build it better and you'll learn from it. And that's the common sense that can't be taught that can only be experienced. Yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, we're going to see so much innovation
0: in the next few years. We're going to see jetpacks, we're going to see manned copters, and and we're going to see crazy stuff that we couldn't have even dreamed of a few years ago. It's going to be an
1: interesting time to be in the aerospace world. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Hey, Bob, thank you, first of all, for coming on the Renegade Aviator radio show today, vertigoairshows.com. Bob, I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you soon in an air show. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Bob Carlton, Bob at VertigoAirShows.com. That's his email. You can actually send him an email and say, hey, I enjoyed listening to you with David Costa on the Renegade Aviator radio show. More importantly, though, uh, check out his webpage. and uh, the, he's got some videos. He's got some really cool videos of him doing aerobatics in the subsonics jet and in his jet-powered glider. So if you want to see exactly what Bob's show is all about, I highly recommend that you go to his webpage and you check that out. So thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Bob made a pretty good comment here, and I may pick this up in the next segment. I may not. Depends what I feel like doing. (laughs) But uh, STEM education. Schools today are making a big push on this science, technology, engineering, and math, and it's all book work. It's not all book work, but I think there's a lot of emphasis placed on the book learning, and that's great. But you know what? Kids go to school to learn books. What I want to make a uh, pitch for is exactly what Bob said. We need people with hands-on real-world experience, putting stuff together, breaking stuff, messing up, figuring out a better way to do it again. The book knowledge is great. Hey, nobody's going to fault that. But if we really want to get STEM education moving, we need the hands-on stuff. Coming back for one more segment, Don't You Go Anywhere, David Costa, Renegade Aviator. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go space truggy. Come on, come on, space truggy. You know flying can sometimes be upsetting. Sometimes you have a bad attitude. Don't let this happen to you. Renegade jets can help you recover from an upset. Pilots today simply do not practice the skills required to control the aircraft in all attitudes and within the entire flight envelope. If you're a pilot and want jet upset training in real jet airplanes, call 888-366-5256. So be on the beach.
2: 888-366-5256. Ask a question, leave a comment. 888-366-5256.
1: All right, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator. Real quick, my takeaways from today's show. First thing that Bob Carlton mentioned that I wrote down was his life as a rocket scientist. He said it was like living the Big Bang Theory, proof of. Positive that a nerdy guy can instantly become cool by becoming an airshow pilot. <laughs> okay, I'll be more on point. Bob mentioned Manfred Radius, a mentor. Bob has 26 years in the airshow business as a performer. He's won his own awards, but he took the time to be grateful for those who helped him. There's a message there. He mentioned looking at something that would change his life and said, Wow. When was the last time that you had something cause that reaction in you? And what did you do about it? We all need a goal. We all need a purpose. We all need a why. But in the end, is what you are doing causing you to say, wow, or at least inspiring others to react in the same way? Wow yourself. Wow somebody. Magic happens. Bob mentioned that the work required to get where you want to go is more than you would expect. So expect it. 10 times the work, 10 times the learning, 10 times the money, 10 times the challenge. Still want to go after that big goal after knowing all this? Bingo brother or sister, you're on the right track. Finally, after all the hard work, all the trials and tribulations, this was a gem. Some people will want to know your backstory and some will not. And I'm going to add this one. So what? You don't get points in life for how hard you try. You get points in life for what you accomplish. You get points in life for who you serve, who you entertain, or who you wow. So you have homework before I talk to you next. Find my podcast online, episode 57, Naval Air Museum Barber's Point. Search it, like it, share it, or call my office, 888-366-5256. Then go to vertigoairshows.com, vertigoairshows.com, and watch all of Bob Carlton's cool videos of the subsonics jet and of his jet-powered glider. Better yet, go see him at an air show in 2020, 888 888- Three six six five two five six. 5256 Thank you, everyone, for all the calls. I love to hear from you. Free decals. Just leave me your address and your phone number, 888-366-5256. And for God's sakes, go out this week and wow somebody with what it is, whatever it is that you do. Wow them. Life is passion in action. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. See ya.